We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners Podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. Hello. A lot of stuff happened this week, Barry. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. Kind of a busy week in the Smite ecosystem, and it's only going to get busier as uh, roster moves get announced, as patch mm-hmm. notes go live tomorrow. Um, there is a new Hunter coming out, uh, which I know you should be excited about because I've had to lane against this Hunter a lot uh, in playtesting, and she's pretty good. I think she's. Really? Uh, I think she's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, that's my general feeling, but uh, but we'll see, I suppose. So you want to give me the kit, or...? Well, I can't give you the full kit, but you can go to the SmiteGame.com website and see the kit oh. rundown, oh. kind of. There's like a little uh, deep dive into Ishtar, that's the next god being added to Smite. Patch notes are happening tomorrow, because it's a Tuesday, not a Monday, when we normally do our show. You know the drill. Um, yeah, that uh, w- we're going to go over her next week and maybe some more roster stuff in depth next week um mm-hmm. Barra, maybe it's time for the fabled double episode next you know two episodes one week sort of situation uh next week what are your what are your thoughts on that that sounds fun to me honestly like especially Ma- if we did them like back to back on yeah, the same day that's what i'm thinking too like we literally just record two podcasts and here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like, Hey everyone, here's our, here's our first show. Then I'm going to say, all right, thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time. You're going to go to the splash screen like this. And then two seconds later, what's up everybody. And welcome into the backliners <laughs> podcast. And we're right back into it, you know? Uh, and that sounds fun to me. And then we get to just release them on different days next week. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys are tuning in next week. Uh, Monday, most likely. Um, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern for what could be our very first double episode, uh, which should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, also Smite Masters happened, uh, and it was mm-hmm. it was a really, really good tournament. I really enjoyed watching uh, this LAN. Obviously, things got a little scuffed towards the end because of um, COVID, unfortunately. But, you know, luckily everyone seems to be feeling a lot better and, uh, and is recovering, which is the most important thing. Um before we get into Masters, I think it probably makes sense for us to talk about what we should, you know, what we can talk about as far as the roster news in, is concerned. And so to, to give a disclaimer before we get started, um, this is one of those awkward zones where there's been enough time since the news has broken that both Barra and I have inside info that we can't give. Um, yeah. Uh, for this part, I was wondering if I could just not speak. Yeah, you could just not speak. That's okay, fine. Cool. I can give I can give my uh, quick quick thoughts ahead of time, and then uh, and then we can well, maybe surely you can speak a little bit. You tell me if you can speak. No, we'll, I, we'll see what we'll see what I say, and see if look, you could go down a similar avenue. You know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. You okay. Know. Right. We'll, we'll see when we get there. You know. Right. Okay. Well, we're here already. So let's see now that we're here. Uh, overall. Not surprised that the Leviathans made a change. Um, this is a team that coming into the year, you know, I said that I thought they had the best chance to repeat of any world champion in history. They have clearly not looked the part um, so far this season. I was not surprised really, frankly, at all to hear that they were going to make a change. I was very mm-hmm. surprised that it was Yarkor. 
that that was the big surprise. I didn't think that Yark was having his his best season, but I also don't think that he was having an abysmal season by any means. Um, but you know, Shinto uh, and Rongyu both said on Twitter that it wasn't due to performance; it was due to internal team things, and you know, those are those are internal team things, and we can't really speak on those. So, very surprised to hear that Yark uh, was the one to go, um, but. I think it makes sense for the Leviathans. I don't fault them for making a change. I'm sure longtime mm-hmm. podcast listeners are not surprised to hear that I am not faulting a team for making roster changes uh, when things aren't going well. Um, so that's my general thoughts on the Leviathan situation. Again, we will not be speculating on you know, what the corresponding moves will be um, because we, have, we already know a good amount. Um, so I don't want to like, it, it feels disingenuous, but we'll talk about it as soon as we can. Um, it's not our place to leak that information. Um, yeah, you guys gotta sit by and wait, you know. Yeah, exactly. This feels like a Dr. Un- Disrespect un- got banned from Twitch and all of us are tweeting, yeah. wow, can't believe that's why Doc got banned. Never saying it, by the way, though, you know? Yeah, this, I mean, I feel like we're not even doing the thing where it's like, I know it and you don't. It's just like this is the lay of the land and it's Deal just kind of it. unlucky. Yep. But it's not like, oh yeah, like here's my secret. Oh, I can't tell you by the way. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I've got this. Oh, yeah. I really wish I could tell you guys. Uh, I mean, I guess I do <laughs> wish, but like I'm not trying to rub it in your face in yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just not our not our place to do it. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, Barra it, do you feel comfortable saying if you were surprised that the Leviathans decided to make a change? Um, honestly, a little. Uh, I think it's the same thing that happened to Cog Prime mm. after we won, where it was kind of yeah, same land. Uh, because Omega left after summer. Yeah. Um, which was interesting because <laughs> I think. I think winning worlds changes a team a lot, like, yeah. mentally. Like, you just always expect this, like, super high performance over and over again since that. And, I mean, Spring Split, like, I think they were, like, sixth. But also, they they kind of just look like, I don't want to say, like, lazy. Mm-hmm. But... They don't have the same energy about them as they did last year or the year before yeah. that, for sure. I mean, laziness is definitely an, uh, probably aggressively bad word to say, but I don't know sure. any other word to say it. I mean, they just didn't look as clean. They didn't I look as motivated. Better way. They didn't look as motivated. Yeah. And they, I mean, they turned up a bit in summer. Um, I mean, they were one of the few teams to uh, take games consistently off of us because they beat us both times in summer. Now, I'm I'm like half and half surprised, I'll say. But mm. I do agree with you. I didn't think it would be Yark. Yeah, agreed. Um, Yark has just been like consistently one of, if not the best players in the league since he made it to the SPL, um, regardless mm-hmm. of what role he plays in, which is really crazy. So it, it, I, there is no doubt in my mind that, that Yark Hor will find a home, um, and he's just too talented of a player to not be in the SPL. So if he wants to be, which he says he does. So there you go. There you have it. Um, the other piece of roster news being the uh, Solar Scarabs dropping inbound. Pretty, uh, this one definitely did not come as out of left field. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked a lot about what the Scarabs should do. Not qualifying to both Masters lands in spring and summer. Uh, is indicative of a change being necessary, as we talked about at length. Uh, Inbound was one of the people that we said could be um, a potential uh, candidate for replacement. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that, for me, there there was really a whole lot of surprise there. Uh, What about for you? Uh, No, I completely agree with you on that episode of the podcast where they needed to make a change and not qualifying twice i i am also a player that doesn't share the same opinion as aggro where like i'm normally against roster changes yeah and this is a little scared guy uh, and i'm uh chad roster change main yep yep (laughs) 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 yep Yep. and 
And uh, this is one of the few situations where I say the roster change probably should have happened earlier. Not mm. particularly at Bobby, just a change in general on that team. Um, I mean, you just you just can't be an SPL team losing to SEC teams twice in mm. like a big tournament. Like that completely, in my opinion, shatters your confidence towards bigger events like Worlds if it mm-hmm. already happened twice in the same year. Especially, I think it hurts even worse when a team like Valks have been on the up and up. Like, their Valks trajectory is literally straight up. Yep. Like, they've been killing it. They're, it's not a ramp for them. It is literally, they're just going straight up. Like, yeah, straight to orbit. They're all turning on the gas at the same time. It's wonderful to see as a Valks fan. Also, a Scarabs fan. I mean, it just kind of sucks, but I think that they. I really think they need a change. Like, yeah. some, some kind of environment shakeup. And, I mean, we could say, like, obviously Sam could have been that quote-unquote change, but I think Scream's dynamic brought a lot to the Scarabs, and I don't think Sam has that same play style. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the same play style as Scream, but, I mean, I think Scream's impact is... I don't want to say... This sounds, like, bad towards Sam, but I don't mean that in any way. Mm Mm-hmm. I just mean, it's like someone who's just forcing plays on cooldown, mm-hmm. and I don't think Sam is really that kind of player. And if you're losing someone that literally forces plays on cooldown, everyone on the team has to now find new plays to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a way harder, like, I mean, we talked about it before, I think it's a way harder hole to fill than, uh, I guess, like, Scream joining Dragons, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we talked about it a lot. The, a few weeks ago, but Scream is the type of player that regardless of his l- talent level, he is going to warp your team identity more than a player like Sam will. And that is both a positive and a negative. Um, the negative is it really highlighted in a situation like the Scarabs found themselves in where there's this big power vacuum and you have a lot of extra things to to worry about now that you wouldn't have had to worry about if another player had left. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I didn't mind them trying to give it a shot uh, as constructed with Sam. Um, But like I said, I mean, I I wish Bobby all the best. I think that that he's a great dude and has shown really good flashes of being being a great support at the SPL level. Um, I don't think that this is the end of his career, uh, but... I think a little bit of time away from competitive can sometimes do a player good uh, and oh, yeah, 100%. refocus them and recenter them and really rooting for Bobby to, to be able to reignite uh, his, his passion and all that kind of stuff and come back in season 10 uh, or, you know, who knows, maybe late season nine. I don't know what the roster change rules are uh, with, uh, with a vengeance because I'm, I'm a Bobby stan for sure. So. Definitely rooting for the guy. Again, not going to talk about potential replacements for the Scarabs. Uh, We will be finding... You will all be finding that out at some point. Um, Don't know exactly when, because I'm not on the esports side anymore, but uh, have fun whenever it happens. Uh, And we'll be talking about about it then. Um, Yeah, uh, as for Smite Masters, we already talked about the first week of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, In what went down there some pretty big a a lot of very big sets of course uh some surprises still i think in week number two of smite masters um and the the big thing that we want to to highlight i think is the jade dragons of course and their win but that the the friday of week two was certainly uh was not without any drama, both for, for them and for a lot of teams. Uh, nearly every set going the distance. Um, your set against the Warriors being the only one that did not. A little bit unlucky for you, Barry. Uh, what a, I'm, as you've had some time to digest this, uh, this uh-huh. loss to the Warriors, uh, walk, walk me through that Friday for you guys. Uh, that was one of the most tilting sets for me personally. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, a toughie. Because game one, in my opinion, we completely chalked our draft 
mm. and put me in a terrible spot and then watched as all of our duicide stuff got invaded on cooldown and i'm just like just a cupid trying to get my way to the mid game and uh, it's just not happening like but was literally freely farming everything in the duocide jungle like untouched and we just couldn't find our way back and game two i actually liked our draft a lot um but we had a really bad pyro play i think and that like completely opened up the game for them mm. but we were just doing a lot of stupid stuff in my opinion we were either it was, it was like a combination of not doing anything and then also doing a lot of stupid stuff and when you're doing both of those, it's not a good formula for victory, unfortunately. No, uh, you're not going to win a whole lot of games where you're both not doing anything and the things you are doing are stupid. Yeah, that was just a set where I felt completely useless. Because I game one, they were just invading duo, and I don't think teamfights really went our way either in game one. Because I didn't have like any Cupid ult targets, I didn't have any frontliners to lock down. And then game two, I don't really remember game two that much, honestly. I just remember I was Freya, and I was farming, and I was happy, and then we lost a Pyro fight and, like, another fight, I think, on Solo's side, and that was just the game. Mm. And I also feel like we gave them their picture-perfect draft, like, two games in a row. Dardes, I, like... uh, I am seeing that Dardes has AMC in two games in a row. Yeah, when they first pick AMC, and then your next five characters don't do anything that the AMC pick... Uh, I don't think it's a great draft. So right. that's going to be a struggle for sure. Also, I think AMC is a really good god, but I do think he is potentially counterable right now. But mm -hmm. we didn't really get to show that or prove that, unfortunately. Uh, we just kind of got blown out. Um, yeah, Nobody overall, did. He went 7-0 and on the weekend. Yeah, that mid-pressure might be important, you know. Just, just, I don't know. <laughs> that's, so diff that's so different from the entire history of Smite, too, which is why it's so weird. Yeah, I feel like mid-pressure has never mattered before. Right. And, like, being able to rotate around the map has never mattered. So no, it's like, mid-camps you can just ignore. You don't need those. Uh, yeah, I really think it was just kind of unlucky, you know, that the meta <laughs> changed so drastically. <laughs> for our set in particular. Right. Although, and then also the rest of the AMC games, you know. Right, but all the other ones. Right, right, right. Yeah, honestly, just to sum it up, a very, very poor performance by us. And also, honestly, a pretty embarrassing performance, like, that was, that was just annoying to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely not the type of performance I'm sure you guys were hoping to put up right before, you know, Phase 3, where you want to kind of be turning on the jets and that kind of stuff. But in some ways, you know, you could look at this as a, as a nice refocuser and a motivator uh, right before mm -hmm. Phase 3. You know, surely that's uh, that's the takeaway we can all have here. Surely. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm still, like, a bit annoyed about that set, but it is... It is, it's going down by like 10% per day, honestly. Okay. So I think I'm at like so, 60 is 50%. Yeah, Saturday's right 90, now. Sunday is 80, Monday 70. Yeah, 60%. You're only 60% yeah. annoyed. That's, that's not bad. pretty annoyed. Honestly. That's actually really annoyed. Yeah, that's much <laughs> higher. Yeah, we need to get that down by another, yeah. by another couple percentage points here, Barry. What, what, what can we do? Um, you know, think about uh, winning Worlds and how fun that was. Um, Very you know, fun. Think about uh, playing um, playing in front of a crowd and how fun that is and how hopefully th th that'll be happening this year, though who knows. Um, think about how <laughs> you could be only paying $15 a month for premium wireless service through Mint Mobile. Uh, oh, you're already doing that. Um, so that should immediately actually re cut your frustration uh, in half, basically. 30%. Yeah, 30 we're down to 30%, and that's still... Double Barra's monthly phone bill because he's using Mint Mobile. Isn't that crazy to think about? Guys, here's this is the first, by the way. I forgot to pull up the ad. I'm just doing it off the dome. We'll see, we'll see what oh, happens. Hopefully I get the must-read part correct. And if I don't, I'll realize it and pull it up. Uh you can get all these savings because Mint Mobile doesn't have the brick and mortar stores. Did I tell you, by the way, that I uh I had a memory uh, when I was doing this read a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned not having brick-and-mortar stores, about going in with my mom to upgrade my phone. Uh, at We had Verizon. Um, so we were going to a Verizon store. And what, like going into something like a Verizon store is you know you're going to waste hours there. 
for no apparent reason. I remember it like all, literally all we had to do was I got a new phone and I simply needed them to transfer all of my stuff over. We spent hours there and it was so annoying because of all the stupid paperwork and time you got to take and all this type of nonsense. And they're trying to upsell you on a million things. Not only does Mint Mobile not put you through that, which is a, which is a generous offer in and of itself. You don't have to worry about them trying to upsell you and all this kind of stuff because you just get to keep your exact same phone. It's so easy. They send the plan straight to your door, your SD card, all that kind of stuff. They tell you how to change it. You pop it in. Boom. You keep all your same contacts, all of your phone. But now you're just paying less and probably getting a better network at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's like a three-for-one trade right there. That's the best. That's what happened against us. <laughs> you got three for one. <laughs> yeah, Mint Mobile yeah. was the only warriors in the situation, and you were simply an, uh, another wireless provider, and you had no chance if you think about it that way, you know? really had no chance. I mean... We just messed up our picks and bands that day, you know, we didn't really figure yep. out the phone plan we wanted, nope. nor the phone we wanted, and then we were stuck there, you know, yep. and we just and couldn't And there's always, like, out. these old, this, like, old couple right in front of you, and you know that you feel bad being frustrated with them, because they're old, and they just don't get it, and you're going to be old someday, and you're probably not going to get something, and you're not going to want these little, you know, 15-year-olds... Uh-huh. talking loudly about how you can't believe they don't, you know, these people don't understand how to work the mm-hmm. iPhone 46 or whatever uh, in pure oh. 5D. Uh, and I'm not going to want to hear that when I'm in my 80s. But I also don't want to sit behind someone in their 80s trying to figure Wait. out how to transfer stuff from their first generation iPod to an iPhone, you know? I don't want to have to hear it. I just realized why... Elderly people are so like annoyed, or they they just like don't care anymore. Yeah, and, I mean it's already happening a little bit with me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm. It's like you're stepping your way there to like not caring because I already uh-huh. don't care about like the latest like phone. I mean I never really have, but like, and then you just get more and more like. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, <laughs> but this it makes perfect sense in my head. Or like. Each time you're like, I don't care what the youth are doing. Like, I'm already, like, at that stage right. of, like, not caring. And then right. where will I be in, like, double my age, like, 62? Like, where will I be then? I'll care even less. Yeah. You'll be, so at, maybe, you'll be at 60% not caring if we're continuing this percentage bit that we've started. Maybe they're doing it intentionally. Ah, just Because they're just, like, yeah, they're just, like, annoying little kids behind me in line. So I will waste my time right oh. here and listen to them complain. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, if you don't want to get griefed by people in their 80s, you have to get Mint Mobile. Otherwise, you're going to go to some brick-and-mortar store, and these people are going to grief the absolute crap out of you, okay? And you can't and be And it will be that. me and Agro. And it will be us. That's what we should do just as a, a way, just yeah, a just as a way to convince people to use Mint Mobile. Let's just go, let's just put on some old people costumes and then go and grief people in like Verizon and AT and T stores and be like, "Hey, kid, you know you could be getting premium wireless service for just fifteen bucks a month through Mint Mobile." And they'll be like, "How many packs of cigarettes a day did you smoke?" <laughs> I'd be like, four. And excuse me, four. And then I'd ha- and then I'd shove the mid mobile pamphlet that I have in their hand, and then get kicked out from Verizon. Who knows what's happening anymore, dude? If you want premium wireless service for just fifteen bucks a month and get it sh- straight to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/backliners. That's mintmobile.com/backliners. Cut your wireless bill to just fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com/backliners. There you go. I think that's what I was supposed to say in that Perfect. spot, but it's close enough. Um. Okay, more stuff on Friday. Uh, Hex Mambo versus the Jade Dragons uh, was the final set on Friday. Um, you know, uh, I guess we shouldn't totally skip over the Valks uh, losing 2-1 to the Titans. The Valks, if I remember correctly, had this set in a really good position mm-hmm. and lost. Uh, you know, the Titans had a good comeback win. That core of Aurora Cyclone, um, Paul has been doing that for a long time, so no real surprise that that's a team that's playing uh, playing well from a deficit. But the Valkyries continue to look really good. Um, mm-hmm. 
Hex Mambo taking a game off the Jade Dragons. What did you uh, What did you think about that, Barry? Including one of the ugliest uh, end games I have ever seen. Um, uh, unfortunately, I didn't really get to watch that set because we were doing a bit of a uh, a team talk discussion during yes yeah yeah, team discussion during that set so unfortunately i had it up on my monitor but i wasn't really watching it it just i would see like bits and pieces but i mean overall i think mambo looked really good from what i could see yeah Uh, but yeah i didn't really pay attention to that set unfortunately no it was uh it it got ugly at the very end i remember i was watching this with Sam, Sam was over at my house and we were watching a show and then realized that, you know, this game was like actually competitive um, and we couldn't believe it. So we turned it on and watched the end of game one. Um, Wait, what happened? I actually think this is not going to be great podcast content, but in the background, I want you to just watch this end game. Um, I'm going to have to like dm it to you on twitter because i can't do it on uh i, I can go find it I'll discord well I've, ar- I've already found the exact spot oh, yeah, time stamped found. included Jeez. so please enjoy yeah this end game was absolutely wild um just just completely crazy uh i thought there were like a million misplays uh but that's what makes all of the most fun plays happen is a bunch of misplays um, if everyone just, if yeah, one, sure. you know, if one team just plays perfectly, then it's just, you know, uh, over. Um, but it, yeah, it, it was absolutely crazy. Hex Mama will end up winning that. I think the Dragons do deserve some credit. I think that there have been times in this team's history where a loss like they took in game one may have, uh, ended their run in this tournament. Uh, and I haven't really heard that brought up a whole lot. You know, you think about them losing game one to Armada um Mm -hmm. a long time ago uh to erlang double chalice shout out meerkat mid um and then they just got absolutely rolled in game two as well uh so there i I did see i i did think that that was somewhat notable to me um but still at any point dropping a game to hex mambo who had johnny playing from europe at like 5 a.m his time because they were the final set so Certainly not ideal conditions for Hex Mambo, and they still managed to find a win uh, somehow, which is uh, which is pretty impressive. What uh, you did, you said you didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot of the this set in no, general. I'm I guessing. Miss, I miss like the majority of the set. I remember watching this end, and I remember E Chrome ulting, and I was like, "Bro, that through the game, <laughs> unbelievable, man, unbelievable." Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, this. I literally could not believe that. Basically, what happened if you if you didn't watch the games, Hex Mambo try to go for an end or try they they have EFG they're sieging, they get pushed back they lose two members, three of them try to backdoor the Titan or two of them try to backdoor the Titan or something like that and are pushed out but they all both somehow get their backs off as the dragons try and end. The dragons botch the Titan kill. Mambo respawns, gets some kills. They the game is over. They cannot possibly not end the game because they have like all five up. Ekrome playing Chernabog ults as soon as they win the fight and lands by himself next to Pagon and gets soloed instantly. And all of a sudden, it's not a guaranteed end anymore. And there was no reason whatsoever to ult. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was literally like the exact like you can just see like the excitement got like he just got a little mm-hmm. too excited and was like nice we did it i'm gonna kill this guy too oh i completely entered the game um just absolutely crazy moment but it ends up not mattering too much hex mambo are able to to get the win anyways i'm re-watching back this alt in yeah this is crazy absolutely criminal absolutely criminal can you imagine being Ekrome, you old and you're like, I did not just throw this game. I did not just throw this game. Do you say anything in that moment? It, like, Do you say anything? Uh, you're probably like, oops, or something like that. Or, yeah, that's about it, I think. Just kind of like, just kind of like, oops. You just hit him Unlucky. with an oops? I think I'm saying absolutely nothing. Because I'm worried that anything I say will absolutely shatter my team's <laughs> mental. Um, 
You know what I'm tossing out? I'm going Discordia Aegis. <laughs> uh, I'm only calling the re- the relic that I got there in that situation. You know, I'm going. You're like an embarrassed puppy. Yeah, you don't say anything else. Just that's just going Aegis, and you just let it go from there because uh, there's Man, nothing left just, to say. You just hope no one asks you about that, like. Yeah, I like man the mental fortitude of the of Hex Mob, but like that would have broken me. I think if I were on their mm-hmm. team, I think I would have been defeated. Uh, and poor Rotwin playing Kepri, he like he's right next to Ekrom as he alts up the lane, and Rotwin just like slowly bugging his way up, just like watching it happen. There's no way he didn't see the whole thing, and he's just like out of range to help the whole time. <sighs> Brutal. Brutal, but hey, uh, they hey, got the win anyways. He, that's that's all you can uh, that's all you can say. But dragons bounced back and got the win. Yeah, he was saved by them winning hundred <laughs> percent. But it like I I agree with Ro in chat. If if they didn't win, he would have got roasted forever. Like, well, let me be clear, he deserves to get roasted forever. Period. Uh, we should not be results based in this moment, right? <laughs> that did not do anything to help them end the game. It actively hurt them ending the game in every way. Uh, I guess except for the fact that he got Discordia Aegis, which was big, uh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That was uh, that was absolutely wild. I like I was so everything about it was so like the t- the dragons messing up the Titan pull. Like Mike was late on his ultimate and didn't block Johnny dashing into Titan. Like y- yikes! the The whole thing was was rough, but fun to watch. And that's you know most clown fiest all clown fiestas are bad smite that is entertaining. Um, yep. And there's a place for that. And quarterfinals is like the perfect place for it. Uh, so, so I was happy to see it. Um, but that brought us to Saturday and the semifinals, the Kings and the Titans and the Warriors and the Dragons. This Kings Titan set was an absolute banger. Went, went the distance. We had some close games. We had some blowouts on both sides. Uh, that, that was a really, really good set. Yeah, uh, I just watched that back, and Pika didn't 3-1 the Titan. Yeah. The first time he got it. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, how about uh, how about Scream Tsukiyomi ulting the Titan um, instead of <laughs> using his auto attacks and or buttons? That's respectable. Uh, Was that good? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, seems, seems good to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I watched back the, um, the King's Titan set. Well, I didn't watch back i watched it for the first time because i did not watch any games saturday and sundays and i watched it back today and it was kind of interesting to watch the meta develop for titans there um going between like the triple hunter comps to like the hell comps to um like hard focusing sot the last game Mm -hmm. like they consistently changed how they played or like both teams consistently changed how they played throughout the set and i thought that was really interesting to watch like Watch the best of five develop. I feel like we haven't watched that style in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's felt like a good old-fashioned smite best of five. Um, a lot of adjustments. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some really good uh, just, like, out-of-game mental battles between these two teams. I thought the drafts, mm-hmm. like, I don't think either team got, you know, made drastic mistakes in draft um, that I can recall. But I only watched a little bit on Saturday. Um yeah, but, it was like our set, you know, they didn't make any drastic mistakes. Right, right. Yeah, exactly like that. Uh, that would be awful. It was, uh, it was a really good set, but the Kings came out on top. I think that despite the Kings, spoiler alert, not winning um, this tournament, I do think that them getting this game five, you know, best of five, going the distance, mm-hmm. uh, victory up against the, the Titans who have won a ton of these events, um, mm-hmm. you know, went to finals last year, uh, have looked very good recently. Um, I still think that the Kings, when it comes to an event like this, I don't think it is win or bust. I think the Kings still has something to prove to me on their ability to play well under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think going to five against the Titans and winning in the semifinals knowing how much the Kings wanted to win this tournament. Uh, I'm sure they did feel that pressure in uh, in this set, and I thought they performed well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a Kings fan, despite them losing this land, I think I am more 
uh, optimistic about their chances of winning a world championship after this land than I was coming into it. Um, yeah, that, that's agree. how I feel, at least. Yeah, I think that people still don't know how to... Well, I guess, I mean, they lost in finals, but I feel like other teams don't really know how to handle their macro style as well as uh, Dragons do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes they just get these like picture-perfect macro games and they're able to farm forever. And I think sometimes that doesn't work, but I mean, the fact that they are finding consistency, in my opinion, means a lot for that team. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously still finishing second. Um, that is not their first second place finish, uh, I believe, as a team during a non-Worlds event. But finishing second, generally a little disappointing, especially when you've been there, done that. But I don't know. I still think the Kings impressed me overall this weekend mm-hmm. more than disappointed me. Um, yeah, which is which has not always been the case for them. Um, on the other side of the semifinals, it was the Dragons up against the Oni Warriors. Um, Warriors, I mean, wh- what an up and down stretch this team has been through during Phase Two. I mean, they played way better than anyone expected during Phase One and during those playoffs, and then they come into Phase Two, look hot at the beginning, and then fall off the absolute cliff. Then all of a sudden they come to to this event and play very well uh, against you guys in particular in the mm-hmm. quarterfinals, but against you know all the teams before that. I still felt like the Dragons had a lot of momentum, but certainly the performance against Hex Mambo uh, made me think that that could be a close set. Ultimately, you know, it's a three one for the Dragons, and I, I didn't feel like it was particularly close throughout that set at no point did i feel like the dragons uh were gonna lose i kind of disagree with that because i think the first three games were close and then game four was the only really stomped by the dragons i think dragons got like their like really good draft that they've been looking for and i don't know warriors like ran out of steam but the games did look relatively close um I do think they handled votes Poseidon really well, and the Hunter mids that uh, Dardos was running really well. Mm-hmm. And also, their drafts, in my opinion, were just better. Like, I think getting ESET for the early four fights, game one was huge. And I think... Um, also, I don't think these teams valued Cupid that much. And I, no. I knew that going into it, like against Warriors, that they didn't value Cupid that much, but Dragons as well. Um, I think they only really valued Cupid against the Kings. I don't think they valued again to uh, Warriors at all. Also, I didn't expect the art value this tournament from uh, PCAT, but he went it pretty consistently. And it seemed to go pretty consistently into the Nim as well. Mm-hmm. He was like top three, I think. I think he top three at that set. Maybe it was the second set. Um, yeah, I I really liked uh, Scream's plays into the Poseidon. I don't think they really let the Poseidon like come off the ground. And then... They got, like, so stomped game three that game four they swapped off of the Poseidon and Hunter mid. And then they just got first blooded by the mid-jungle, and then it just kind of opened up, and then the game was over in game four. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pagon, uh, this was a, this was one of the sets where Pagon was going absolutely insane. He was kind of going insane throughout yeah. this tournament. Uh, certainly the MVP of this tournament, by my estimation. I don't know if they did an official MVP or not, but it was Pagon. Um, I don't think there's a whole oh, yeah. lot of uh, a whole lot uh, that anyone could say otherwise. Um, yeah, he did top two Artemis game three or top yeah top three at Artemis. Um, oh yeah, they game they three picked art and then they like banned art counters. I think game three, mm-hmm. they, like third picked it. I think if I remember correctly. I mean, art typically like sees a rise whenever Cupid becomes meta, um, but mm-hmm. if they aren't valuing Cupid, I feel like that kind of happens sometimes though where. A pick becomes meta, the counter picks to that pick start becoming more prevalent, and then even once the initial meta pick falls off, people are in yeah. the zone with the counter pick, and so they just keep yeah. going to it, even when the, the, yeah. the god they're trying to counter pick isn't there. Yeah, that was really interesting as well, because I didn't expect it, like, just not even against the Cupid, but, I mean, it makes sense with how they were playing, because they were, like, Scream was pretty heavily facilitating around the map, and in my opinion, 
when you're picking gods like Artemis and you don't really know when the jungler is going to be there, it's hard to 1v1 the Artemis. Because, like, if you want to be in the art, you obviously get your beads burnt and then your half HP most likely. And then Scream could be there. Which makes, like, laning, in my opinion, as the art into post, or as the post into art kind of hard for Vogue to step up. Because they can just get bored at any time and then full committed on. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say Vogue had some crazy Krakens. Yeah. Uh, in the team fights this whole set. And I think there was one where Scream got like absolutely one tapped in mid. And yeah, they Warriors were like pretty close in my opinion to winning a lot of the late games, but they would always uh just fall a little short. And I think Dragon's just team fight style was just better. Yeah, I, I I've like skimmed through the VOD as we've been talking and, and you're definitely right. These games were closer than I than I remembered. Um so, mm-hmm. you know, overall a good event for the Warriors as well. Um, again, if you're a Warriors fan, feel like you should be fairly encouraged with uh, with how they looked, especially because week one, I think that they had a game... Who did they play week one that I was like, oh, wow, that was not as convincing as it should have been. Oh, it was against the Highland Ravens, um, who are a good SEC team. Oh, yeah. But an SEC Dude, team. I watched that set back and vote like barely pressured Coast. Yeah. And then against me, he's walking to my six-minute purple or five-minute purple, whatever it was, and he's just cracking at me, and I'm like, okay. How many comp pentakills do you have, Barra? Okay. Okay, respectable. Respectable. <laughs> Coast is a beast. We all, we've all been we've been knowing that. Uh, Hurry said in chat, people draft from tier list too often and not with purpose, in his opinion. Hard, hard agree. Um, Big fan of of drafting with purpose, for sure. That's, like, kind of one of my favorite things, uh, period. Absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dardet says in chat, if Vote instantly cracking on Fafhammer at that firefight, probably would have won that game, but that's just a small mistake. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's competitive smite, baby. I mean, those small mistakes are going to end up being a big deal uh, mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. So, you know, overall, I think if I'm a Warriors fan understanding that they don't win the tournament, but knowing that they are looking like they're ramping up instead of ramping down going into phase three, uh, we take those. Um, I mean, when you have three games against the winner of the tournament that easily could have been won by your team, then, like, I feel like you're feeling pretty confident. I mean, sometimes, obviously, it just sways against you, but right, yeah, I would feel very confident if I was on the Warriors right now, 100%. And they win the third place matchup against the Tartarus Titans, though, mm-hmm. you know, you can't force me to put a lot of stock into a third place match, because um, I won't, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> you'd rather win than lose, you know, it, just because yeah. the players aren't going to try their hardest and they aren't going to take it as seriously doesn't mean that I would rather lose, you know, that's, uh, that, that's what I would say. Um, and that brings us to the finals, Jade Dragons up against the Camelot Kings, uh, this set was another really good one. Um, this was a really good, this? like this land just had a lot of good games, uh, in good sets. And I felt like this was one of them. Yeah. Game one, I was very confused by King's draft. And yes. I still don't understand it. Uh, the Nike pick with the Freya just does not make sense to me. Uh, I wish I knew what, they were thinking but i don't they must they must have felt like nike has like a good neither do we (laughs) genetics in chat saying neither do we uh i feel like the only logic that makes any sense here is that like they felt like nike might be pretty good into lancelot in like 2v2 fights i don't know why they would think that necessarily but (laughs) Like, she's not going to be in the one? No, it just sounds so, like, awkwardly, like, disrespectful for me. I don't know why they like, would I, think that. It doesn't that. seem like an obvious one, uh, but, but, you know, I that's feel... what makes the most sense to me on the Nike pick, I think. Also, the Freya pick just seems really weird, because you have a double magical backline, and Eset's Prot Shred just got nerfed, and... Yep. I mean, not to bring up the one situation where it looked really bad in, but I will bring it up where... Netroid put like two two one combos into Final K and Final K just struck it off. Yep. And that's just like 
that's just what happens to Freya sometimes, if they're able to build that much magical defense, and you still go the rings, which, I mean, I think you have to go the rings on Freya. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, that just seems... I don't know. Uh, also, the serve pick that game was interesting. I think that's the first serve pick I've seen in years. It's been a while uh, since... I mean, Mike used to play that all the time in support, but it has been a while mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think... I just think that they don't have a chance to win with that draft unless they get, like, super fed early game. Yeah. And then game two... Uh, oh, real quick, I, I do want to read out Genetic's comment in chat. He said, in all seriousness, I thought Freya, Demo Grip, and E-Set 3 would be enough to kill tanks. Uh, and Ben's yeah. picks got forced out. Uh, and there was a Lancelot pick, a Nemesis ban by the Kings, and a Rat, rat Hunbats, and Dodgy mm-hmm. bans by the Dragons. So certainly a lot of uh twigs god pool uh targeted in the in that picks and bands oh that makes sense yep um but just unlucky i, I literally put like final k unkillable in a double magical back lane not much happens yep like, yeah just just unlucky and then game two netroid rotates in my opinion more than any other hunter mm-hmm. which is probably due to genetics because genetics pings me and ranked as well to rotate <laughs> uh but this was the most 50-50 rotation I've ever seen. He, like, skipped his purple, skipped red. What, what in-game time? Uh, it was, like, level 8 or 9, I think. I don't know the time. But it's su- that's such a hard rotation. And he stays, like, 2 to 3 levels down um, because of it. Mm-hmm. And they also, once they start grouping, I mean, PBM does troll at the tier 2. Um, but Kings definitely have crazy crack team fights after that. Once they pick PBM at the tier two, they get like four or five more picks after that, and then just completely open up the game. And I think they were like down three to four K, and then they got pick after pick after pick, which in my opinion, like their team comp, that's what they do. Yep. With like Ymir Cupid, I think you just wall someone, you bomb them, and they're probably dead. Yep. And yeah, I think that was just a crazy, crazy good game by Kings. Yeah, it was, uh, genetics really had a, had a really sick set in general, I thought, but this game too was just, like, absurd. Um, his Ymir was really good all weekend, I thought Ymir was really good into a lot of the meta picks right now, um, and both he and Mike played it, I do believe, um, and genetics and Mike both looked very good on it, but in particular genetics, uh, in this game too was just making it all happen um and a good uh, yeah a good a good vod to watch if you're a support main and think oh yeah i can't carry games um look your your damage does need to deal damage uh but you can make it really easy for them um and mm-hmm. i think that this was a really good example uh to watch for uh for exactly that um game three is this Wait, the... my notes my oh, yeah, notes are great macro by Kings and great game to watch at two times speed or faster. <laughs> or faster. Dude, I used to, I used to, it was a long running bit for, among the casters to try and convince production when we were spectating on demos. Um, so games that had been pre-recorded, and then, you know, like we would do for EU or SEC games that are played on weekends. Um, at least they were back then. Uh, and for games that did not matter, we used to beg them to to play it at 2x speed and let us cast it at 2x speed. Um, just to see how it would feel, you know? It'd be a fun little experiment. We don't need to be here for f- 45 minutes that way. Uh, and it'll be fun. And the, the, the viewers will enjoy it. Um, we never won that argument, unfortunately. But Surprisingly. Yeah... Maybe I could have worn them down a little more. I don't know. It, uh, sometimes some games needed to be sped up a little bit. You know, that's uh, that, that's all we'll say on that. Yeah, completely agreed. And yep. Yeah, game three, there really wasn't much happening. There was like four kills in like 40 minutes. Yep. Um, and then I think Dragons held on to their base forever. But then I think Fine inevitably ended up dying in one of the late game fights. Or like one of the base defense fights. And then once you get the 4v5, I think Variety just TP'd back in the end of the game off of that. And then 
Uh, game four, I think PCAT played really well in the 1v1. I think it was like turn to Heim. And he had a lot of pressure on Netroid. He ulted to do his purple, stole purple, and uh, then off of that had just a lot of pressure as well. And then in the team fights, it was like the Mori Pele cab. Yeah. And they were just like holding that W key. Yep. And they just were running over. And I put good rotations as well from Turnults and good team fight comp pace by dragons yeah i really liked uh the the style of comp that the dragons went with into the kepri the kepri had just really dominated game two for genetics uh or mm -hmm. no uh game three game three right thank you game mm -hmm. three for genetics um and kepri's one of those picks that makes you feel like we have no answer to this like yeah what can you do against this pick <laughs> uh it's so good and this was a really good example of a veteran team going to a proven strategy up against Kepri, which is just kill everyone slowly, but do it. You know, like everyone's going to die. It's all AOE. It's all dive, um, but it's not single target dive necessarily. Uh, no one for the RDO to single-handedly zone or anything like that, um, which is how Kepri comps often work really well, which is when you have one really strong frontliner who can multi-zone a couple people and the Kepri can kind of focus on them um this was just a really good comp by the dragons and and executed very very well um i really thought the the kings were going to win after game three uh i felt like they had a lot of momentum they looked like they had it figured out um and this was just a really good mid-set adjustment by yep. the dragons and when and when pbm teams are at their best it's you know, everyone always talks about his teams being very one-dimensional and smork and, you know, just on your purples and reds over and over and over again and fighting, fighting, fighting. But when I think of his teams that have been the most successful, it's been teams that are flexible and are very good at making mid-set adjustments. Um, and this was kind of the, like the epitome of that, right? Uh, yep. This this was a really good example of it. So definitely a very good sign if you're the Jed Dragons. More so than them 3-0 hard stomping, uh, in my opinion. Um, this is the type of win that I would rather see the Jade Dragons pull out than just coming out and out-buttoning uh, the the enemy team. Um, I think that's... Uh, I think that's... It's just good to, like, get those types of wins underneath your belt, I think, as a player. Because even if you don't think about it consciously, it just gives you confidence as you get into more and more situations like that. Um, in the future, and scream in chat said we just got draft diff game three. No, pre no pressure with Suki. Yeah, that uh, the the Kings draft there definitely very good. Um, game three definitely uh, better for them. Uh, and then game five, Barry, what did you uh, what did you see here? Uh, I put a high churn value from the picks and bands because um, I don't think churn was realistically valued that much throughout the set. And then game four, um. I think that he valued the pick so highly because it felt so good that he top picked to the next game. And then I put Crazy Shell slash Amir value this game. Um, I think PBM upgraded Shell relatively early. Yep. And there was one Chiron ult at Fire Giant where BMT ripped through like two to three people per shot and then twoed afterwards and it did zero damage. Yep. So you're just kind of feeling bad about that if you're over the wall damage. Uh, against the Ymir comp is uh, getting nullified by an active. Um, yes. And then also I put Yuongle does 9,000 damage because Pagon was... Bro, remember when everyone said this alt sucked? Do you remember that? Bro. That, that, I've been... I've been saying that, this ultimate is crazy. It's crazy. I said it one the first episode the first episode after Yuong was released. I said to everybody, all you do is aim the back dragon and try and t like hit it like a snipe where that's the very end and you just got to hit the very end and you will mm -hmm. if you, you are you can do it really fast it is super hard to relic against and it one shots you like yep. it, even if it doesn't one shot you its movement is really really important and there are so many like dude do you have any idea how many times i got plucked out of my tier one by Lermy playing yu huang and play tests like as we were doing dev tests for this god like i was getting pulled out of tower level five off cd <laughs> and i was like this is crazy good and i couldn't believe that people didn't think it was good 
did you did you see the uh, one under Mid Phoenix? I think it was that game on Netroid. Yeah, it was. It was the very end of game five. He literally yeah. one shots him. <laughs> one tap. He one shots him. It's so much harder to react to than like a Herc blink push. I feel yes. like you can react to that, but Yu Huang like. Pagon, I'm pretty sure, was standing outside of the Phoenix, and Netroy was, like, on the side of the Phoenix, or even behind the Phoenix by a little bit, or on the, like, the lower left side, and he just, he, he heard he just... the dragon sound, I watched it at, like, 0.25 speed, he heard the dragon sound, tried to dodge it, got, like, insta-pushed, beads, and then just got one-tapped, like, there's nothing he can realistically do, and that's happened to me so many times in scrims, where you get hit by, like, 1600 by that button, you're like, well, I guess I'm dead like it's good like, i it's like i can either position where i might get hit by the ult or i position to where i hope you guys can win the team fight because i'm way back here <laughs> like yep that god is good uh, man that if i like when i'm when i'm grinding ranks yu huang is like the blind pick mid that i want to play every game um mm-hmm. it's just it's a twelve percent win rate. Yeah, he's not easy, uh, <laughs> and he definitely doesn't have perfect matchup spread. Um, but you're just gonna do damage, and you aren't gonna die that much. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's definitely, you know, would I rather? The, there's a big discussion in chat on what on how good Yu Huang three is. Uh, would I rather have Raijin three? Of course, like Raijin three and Scylla three are both better. Uh, and I don't think anyone would really contest you there. Um, I'd rather have Yu Huang 3 than, like, Disco 3, you know, um, in terms of survivability abilities. Uh, mm-hmm. Mage survivability isn't that hot, typically. Uh, so he's definitely on the higher end, and you're just doing damage with that god. I don't know, man. I love playing him. I feel like I haven't vibed with, uh, with a mage on that level since, like, Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um that I just really feel like I I feel like I can't miss. I'm I'm hitting every button really well. It, it just feels like it's good flow. Uh, I'm a Yu Huang stand for sure. Uh, aim the back. Just it's a it's a snipe. That you're trying to hit the very back end of. That's what you just got to position it that way, and you're gonna hit way more people. I promise. That's uh, that's the way to do it. I honestly feel like Pagon's probably the only good Yu Huang alter. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but. He's definitely the person that snags me the most from spots that I would not expect it. Yeah. And I feel like he's probably just hunting for a backliner at that point, and I feel like he did that a lot throughout the set or throughout the games where he did play Yuong. I was noticing that a fair bit because I mean, if you if you hit it, you're either getting beads or you're half HPing or like two thirdsing them. Yep. Um. So yeah, pretty pretty good button. So. Pretty but good yeah, I, button indeed. I do agree that sometimes he just doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. like he just doesn't do enough of anything in particular and then other times i think also paul had like crazy performances with him i think it was like during the summer split but i could be misremembering that i think it was one maybe it was pagon Mm -hmm. i remember one game where it was like there was a 10 like 15 to 20k above everyone else's you want yeah i think that was a paul game um yeah but yeah, I don't know. The god, if you can if you can hit a backliner with that ultimate, uh, it's hard to lose. Um, yep. And it's not guaranteed, but it's hard to lose if you can get good at it. So, big big recommend on that. Uh, ultimately, the dragons win. Uh, talked about it a little bit already, but I think if you're a Kings fan, you are feeling better about their world's chances after this tournament, and that's really all you can ask for. Uh, in a team certainly the dragons you continue to feel very good about their world's chances uh i don't think there's any doubt that they are the front runner right now heading in to phase three uh mm-hmm. obviously a lot of moving and shaking happen in the league but right now the jade dragons are in that perfect zone and as has been pointed out on twitter uh every world champion has made a change around this time um so you know there you go scream says i save the dragons ship it i will not uh i will not be shipping that that's uh that that will not be happening it's it's getting lost in the mail that's for sure um but yeah any uh any final thoughts on on the masters land here barry um i would say that every other team played way better than we did so uh congrats to them (laughs) yeah okay um that's fine yeah, I think to them. we had 
I think we had by far the worst performance of this land, and every other team sapped our power, and that's what happened. So, GG's to them. There you congrats. go. GG's. Uh, congrats. Gore says it was a fun land 10 oh. out of 10. Shout out, Gore Miser. Did something yeah, that no caster has ever done before. Uh, desked and casted a finals. Literally. Walked from the desk to the caster uh, shot in between each game. Never been done before. Uh, absolute beast. And I'm really happy that Gore is getting some well-deserved recognition for uh, the phenomenal flexibility and, and work that he typically does. So, But, but I... I Said it uh, on Twitter and, and on stream a whole lot. I thought the casting for this event was really, really solid, um, and got me really hyped for for worlds and all that kind of stuff. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be great. Um, the whole team I think is really hitting their stride um, at a good time because it is it is not always easy to you know especially with the situation where you know how many lands in a row have been in the studio, um, mm-hmm. and then the players aren't able to be there because of. Uh, because of covid for them to not lose their energy and continue to get better and better and better uh i was very impressed with um Mm -hmm. so so big shout outs to the casting team they're uh they're a bunch of beasts for no doubt about it yeah i completely agreed i have a ton of respect for the casting team right now and i i talk about that a lot in my stream as well just like how impressed i am consistently with the casting team like while i'm watching the games because it is definitely hard to find the right amount of hype for the games that are going on, and I think they've been doing that consistently, as well as finding really good analysis. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of the casters have been pretty spot on with their analysis lately. Yep. Agreed. Very proud of the team. Um, excited to continue to see them grow heading into the World Championship. Um <laughs> <laughs> I read Gore's message in chat. Oh yeah, afterwards that he uh, got a bunch. Where where uh, where was it here? Uh, I ordered twenty wings and drank a lot of beer and then passed out. <laughs> uh, I literally was talking to a Hindu man that day and I said Gore is gonna go home, get a bunch of wings and drink a bunch of beer and pass out. Uh, and I'm very <laughs> glad that I was on the money with that. Gore Miser is a is a reliable man in more ways than one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he, he's a simple man, and I love that about him. He just loves his wings, and he loves his beer, and I love that about him. Um, all right, it's time for the random question of the week. Uh, this one was tweeted at me uh, by Foxy Noxy on Twitter. Um, they ask, if you were going to get arrested, what would it be for? I liked this. Initially, I was like, I'm not asking this question. And then I thought about it, and I was like, no, you know what? I kind of like this question. Probably something really lame for me, uh, like going barely over the speed limit. You don't get something arrested like for going barely over the speed limit, Barry. Okay, well, I don't know what you get arrested for that I would get arrested for. Well, think about think what, things... like, you know, it's not going to be something that you're necessarily planning on doing, you know? Like, you could maybe forget like this... to do your taxes and you... Oh, definitely get a... would not do that. Okay. Uh, you. Well, how about you? Um, you get into uh, someone says something you don't like, um, and you get into a fist fight. Uh, at uh, also at a show because I I hate confrontation. So yeah. Okay. Um, how about you forget that uh, you're not allowed to like strangle someone, um, and you strangle them. <laughs> I don't know, Barry. You're not making it easy for me here, man. I don't know. Last week, okay, yeah, this is this is a good one. How about this? You were saying that you were we were talking about drinking last week, and you said you drink to to reach point B, easy oh, yeah, 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 yeah. public intoxication. You know, you just get to point B a little too quickly. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I would definitely do that at like a show or something. Okay. Um, because like. I I mean shows in my opinion are just the place where you just kind of let loose and have fun. Yep. Because everyone else is doing the exact same thing, like you're all moshing, having a great time. And I could definitely see myself doing that, doing some really stupid stuff. It would definitely be in a concert setting, one hundred percent. So you are right on the money with that. That is. That is Only perfect. took me like four guesses and a hint from chat. I mean, so thank you, chat. We'll not be, bad. Not bad. We'll, we'll be taking that. Um. Well, Bear, what do you think I would get arrested for then? Since I was guessing you, um, why don't you go ahead and guess for me? I have a thought in mind. Um, I feel like you'd kill somebody. Well, let's not go that far. But, you know. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't think I would. You know, but but it's would. kind of, well, it's not close. I want to be clear. It is not close to what I was thinking. 
Um, oh. I do think that if for whatever reason, let's say Jeff Bezos happens to walk into uh, someplace <laughs> that I am, um, I don't think that I'm, you know, would, would I go out of my way to get into a confrontation with Jeff Bezos? Probably not. But possibly, you know, um, I, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to assault him to be clear, but I would definitely tell him, I think he sucks. Um, and then maybe like his bodyguards would attack me. Uh, and then I would get arrested or something like that, you know, because rich people uh, okay. determine yeah, yeah. what happens to everybody else. Uh, so if a rich person wants me to be arrested, um, I'm sure they could figure something out is, uh, is, is my thought. Wow. I mean, uh, Hurry that's... asks, what don't I like about him? It's that he's a billionaire, Hurry. Uh, and billion, mm. being a billionaire is morally corrupt. Um, there is no such thing as a good person who's a billionaire. Uh, and being a billionaire should be illegal, actually. Um, you shouldn't be allowed to be a billionaire. That's my thought. That's what I'd get arrested. I, I, I would be happy to be arrested mm -hmm. for telling a billionaire that they suck um, and then getting into a confrontation about it. That would be good. Hurry, if you were a billionaire, we wouldn't be friends. It'd be that simple. That that's respectable that's a respectable way to get arrested way more respectable than getting drunk at a concert no that's super responsible oh thank you no that's yeah, I, I appreciate I'm, that i'm i'm going with it that's yeah that's the way to go. i just kind of wanted to guess something off the wall uh-huh and uh you know i was pretty off but you know well maybe, maybe next time well next time you know next time i get arrested you're gonna be right on the money that's uh oh that's for sure okay um, yep I, that's what I'm going with, I guess. That's uh, what I said in, in this hypothetical situation. My brain is complete mush. <laughs> Let's close this freaking show. Next week, we'll talk about patch notes. We'll talk about uh -huh. Ishtar. We'll talk about rosters if we can. Um, mm -hmm. We'll try and get our double episode in, so make sure you're tuning in. It should be a lot of fun. Again, shout out to Mint Mobile, our sponsor for this episode. Woo! Go to mintmobile.com slash backliners. Get your premium liner service for just 15 bucks a month. We will be back next week with more backliners action. Uh, Barra, you know what to do. Bye. Clean, clean, Barra. Way cleaner than my set. <laughs> well, let's, yeah. Low bar, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, someone put the the ground you know i leaped like 10 feet over right there with that by that was a clean one it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com